Welcome to Classical Matters. I'm Crystal Joy Campbell, your host. Thank you for joining me today as we peel back another layer of mimetic teaching. This teaching model used by classical educators can really transform your home school, so stick around. Now, I'm going to be honest here. As a busy homeschool mama who is trying to give her kids a classical education, I often feel overwhelmed and distracted by the moving parts of not just classical education, but of homeschooling as well. Homeschooling is a huge learning curve for most of us. So this is why I always try to keep things quick, simple, and memorable. That doesn't mean that we're off the hook with thought work about the purpose and principles, the whys and the whats. It just means that we as moms want to get moving on implementing ideas. And, well, we kind of have to, don't we? We have to get moving. The homeschool is always there every day, just staring us in the face, and we need to tend to it. So, quick, simple, and memorable solutions always help to shift from thought work into active work. So today, I'm going to build upon the idea that I introduced last week, the idea of parallel work or mirroring work. As well, I'm going to give you another to-do, one of those quick, simple, and memorable actions that will help integrate mimetic teaching into your lessons. But first, let me lay some groundwork about mimetic teaching. As I've said previously, mimetic teaching is one of the two ways that a classical educator will teach one of the two modes that they will use. Now, mimetic teaching is the primary one, the one that is kind of the go-to for most classical educators, when the other one is Socratic. Now, mimetic teaching will always have five stages to it, or five steps, and each mimetic lesson will go through each of these five steps. I want to get you very familiar with the actions of each of the five stages, so you can play with them in the playground of your own homeschool, because I believe that experience is one of the greatest teachers. So let me briefly introduce to you the five stages. Don't get too hung up on these. We will get going through each of these stages over the next few podcasts, and note, we won't be covering them in order. But here are the five stages. Preparation, presentation, comparison, expression, and application. Now, last week in episode 25, I introduced you to the concept of parallel work or mirroring. This happens in stage five, application. If you missed that episode, pause here and go back and have a quick listen. It's only a short six minutes. Now, the idea of parallel work was a quick, simple, and memorable action that you could immediately take in your quest to teach mimetically. How did it go? It may have been awkward at first, and your child may have struggled with it. It probably pushed them to the learning edge because it's not often that we are tasked with creating anew from our understanding or from the ideas that we possess. Often, this process of creating anew happens mm, spontaneously and organically. But in classical education, we are trying to develop or hone our child's capacity to exercise their will. And this stage of mimetic teaching assists us with that. As well, in this fifth stage, in this type of exercise or work, mastery starts to form. Embodiment is a large part of mastery. 
By giving the student the freedom to create something new with the ideas and concepts they understand will further solidify their understanding, but more importantly, it transforms them. Participating in the creative act impacts not only that which was created, but the creator as well. Sister Miriam Joseph, in her book, The Trivium, talks about the higher good of education is the transformation of the soul. Like I said, this is the last stage, the fifth stage of mimetic teaching. And while we don't normally start at the end of the process when we are trying to learn something new, I wanted to start here because this skill of creating anew, this skill of embodiment or mirroring, is hard work. It takes much practice on the part of the teacher and the student. The teacher needs to assess if the student is accurately mirroring and guide them in better creations. The student needs to exercise a part of their intellect that is used to working independently and spontaneously. We are not trying to form that out of them, but what we are trying to do is show the student that they can exercise great will over their intellect. And this happens bit by bit. This is why I believe it is crucial we learn and understand step five very well. Remember, this is a lot of intellectual work for your child, so do not overburden them. Start off by asking them to create only one or two parallel questions. Observe and guide them. Give them the freedom to explore, take risks, and make adjustments in their work. Once you are confident that their parallel work is indeed parallel, then this moves them into their own independent work, independent of you. This is why only 10% of your lesson time is spent in this stage because it requires so much of the student's own work done on their own, by their own capacity. Your job in this stage is to assess and guide just to be sure that they are on the right track. So for this week, first, I'm going to challenge you to some thought work. And second, I'm going to introduce you to a new quick, simple, and memorable action that you can take in your quest to teach mimetically. As you continue to implement parallel work, observe, contemplate, and think about how parallel work is a creative activity. Watch your child as he wrestles with his intellect. Notice the creative activity unfolding in other situations. Contemplate the unique creation that poured forth from your child. Search for connections. Think about new ways to use parallel work in your teaching and in your own life. Contemplate how the educational act is transforming your soul and that of your child's to be more in the image of Christ. This is your thought work. Now, for your action. Just before you ask your child to do parallel work, ask them to tell you in a short, concise way about the concept you had just taught. Just a few simple sentences in their own words about what was learned in the lesson. For example, if you were introducing protagonists and antagonists in stories, then you would ask them to tell you in their own words what these are, short and to the point, and get them to do this orally. 
and then move into the parallel work. Again, trying this in math is one of the most simple ways to introduce it. So this week, as you round out your lessons, ask them to tell back the concept of the lesson and then ask them to do the parallel work or mirroring work. And don't forget about the thought work. Our actions will have more integrity as we explore and understand the purpose and principles behind the practices. I look forward to hearing how these things go for you. I hope these short episodes of Classical Matters give you a springboard for the rest of the week to think, explore, contemplate, ponder, and discuss classical education. I would really love to hear from you because real transformation happens through dialogue, conversation, and community. Leave me a comment by following me on Facebook or reach out to me through my website. Both are linked in the show notes. Share this with a friend and follow the Classical Matters podcast and join the great conversation of classical education. Don't forget to tune in next time as we go deeper into mimetic teaching. Blessings for your week.